Elon Musk versus Elon Musk. Mr. Musk is bored, apparently. Americans are now unemployed to the tune of over 30 million claims totaled. This week's jobs report, we'll get into that. Gold is holding 1700 has rebounded nicely. Silver's near $15. Uranium is flirting with $34. Alex Jones will eat your ass. This is Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. And this is episode 68 of Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, how are you today? Well, I, earlier I found myself laughing at a tweet about Mr. Jones and the tweet was, you know, that sentence really can come off a lot of ways depending on which word and <laughs> sentence you emphasize. <laughs> I, I will eat your ass. I'm glad I this will is eat your ass. <laughs> I will eat your ass. I'm glad this isn't episode 69 or I would have had um, probably a much more uh, vulgar introduction to this episode. Um, how is life, first off? How is day whatever in your quarantine adventure? Um, you know, everything is good. <laughs> the, the weather is warming up and people are starting to venture back outside. Washington comes out of its, you know, partial stay at home order next week. And my wife is looking forward to that. The, the sun is out and, um, you know, busy week as always, but uh, things are looking good for, for gold and well, a lot of other things we'll talk about, but doing good. How about you? Excellent. Excellent. Same here. You know, I want to talk about Texas. I want to talk about Georgia um, here in Texas, here in Austin or, or just outside of Austin. But the state of Texas is now, you know, reopened in a staged manner. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, and, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, obviously, being that you are in a similar, somewhat similar situation there. But let's get into gold. You know, it seemed like I, I, I thought that May would, would have a slight pullback. Um, was that it? Did we just get it? I mean, it, it, it seemed to pull back a tiny bit down to, to the, the, the mid 1650, 1660 level, um, here in the past 30 days, but it didn't really hold. Um, we closed right at 1700 today, 1701 thoughts on the gold price. Gold is strong. I told you, even if we got a pullback, still bull market, it could go to, to 1650 or so. And that would be a pullback. And that's sort of exactly what happened. As you just said, um, you know, the money printer is still going burr, right? I mean, there's new loans announced every day. The, the Fed was back out this week, um, which largely went unnoticed, saying that, you know, you can expect these uh, zero interest rates for much longer. And that's starting to be recognized uh, more and more by the mainstream. You had the Bank of America report calling for, for $3,000 gold for that same exact reason. Um, and, and you can really just see its strength, whether you're looking at the spreads or whether you're looking at the, um, you know, the add-on cost to, to buy an individual coin, um, which I actually had to do this week because I'm giving mm. one away for one of my publications. And so it, it just it just feels really strong. You can see it in the in the large stocks and um, gold's doing what, what gold does. And, uh, you know, it, we're in a current deflation, right? So it's sort of separate. We talked a little bit about silver and the other metals last week, but it's really gold time right now. And, and that's what it is. Let's talk about the severe disconnect between the economy, which again, as I mentioned, you know, we, we, we have over 30 million unemployment claims now filed here in the United States and the stock market, which is, 
you know, within 21, 22% of all time highs. I mean, it, it, you and I talked a bit off air and, and you mentioned how, you know, the first three or four days, you're just sitting there looking at the screen, trying to make sense of it. Right. I mean, gold is strong and gold is doing what it's supposed to do. Meanwhile, out over in Europe, the ECB just announced that they will be lending to troubled banks at get this negative rates. Let me, let me say that again in case anyone thinks I'm off my rocker here. The ECB is lending to troubled banks at negative rates. Um, not surprised that gold has held up well, obviously. Will not be a surprise when we take out all-time highs. Um, but man, the stock market, I got to say, it's been a bit more resilient than even I thought because I've said that, you know, I believe and I, I say it almost every week and I have every month to Junior Mining Monthly Newsletter subscribers for the past three or four years, I've said that in order for the gold bull market to be a real bull market, I expect to see new highs in the dollar, the major US indices, and gold. And it's playing out that way, but I didn't expect the market to rebound so quickly. And we just talked about this last week where we said, you know, the economy is not the stock market but it's it's been pretty robust. Do you think it's a it's a, it's a it's a bear trap, and and do you see um, further weakness to the downside before before a resumption higher? I, I, that's the ultimate question, right? Let me start by saying that it's been absolutely fascinating to watch because um, I'm kind of tired of that word unprecedented. I see it too much, but the way that this is uh, playing <laughs> out hasn't happened before, right? Um, it's unprecedented. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> earnings earnings have been interesting in that, you know, some sectors are are holding up. People can, you know, do things via technology um, when they're forced to work from home and they're forced to adapt so quickly. You know, I think it was the Microsoft CEO saying on the conference call this week that the world just went through two years of technological adaptation in two weeks or two months. Right. Mm. Um, and so it's been interesting because you know some sectors are, are are doing well. Certainly the vaccines, certainly the 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 chips and the and the technology companies. And then at the same time, you know you've got a ninety five percent reduction in in airline traffic and oil going uh, negative, and some some retailers that don't have a strong online presence already starting to uh, seek bankruptcy protection. And so it's not like this blanket wave. It truly seems like it's um, in select places. And so, um, what else did I want to say? Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about liquidity, I guess, like mm. there's so many dollars, right? And so the dollars have to go somewhere. And we've talked about how they went into the stock market for so long. That's why the stock market was at record highs. And there's still a lot of those dollars around. And if we're calling it a deflationary period, those dollars aren't chasing a lot of things yet, right? Certainly with um, global lockdown orders on to a large extent and, and people not able to go about their lives in a typical way. We're not seeing those dollars manifest a a anywhere, really. I saw you had food prices on the on the list there, and that's a good point because we've seen food prices start to rise, whether that's um, eggs or beef or whatever. And so you're seeing like pockets of inflation or quasi-inflation. Meanwhile, like base metals prices aren't strong, et cetera, and it's clearly deflationary. So I guess unprecedented is the word. I, I kind of forget what your question is, but uh, we were doing battle uh, around 2,800, right, in the S&P. And so this week I, I was sort of waylaid because, you know, I thought we were <laughs> going to do battle around 2,800 and like the, the S&P went over 2,900 and, and seemingly showing strength. But then 
Um, here in the past two days, it sort of came back to earth a little bit, closed here today. What does my screen say there? 2830. And so not quite back to 2800, but hey, that was a really weak day today. And so I think some of these numbers are starting to, to play out and that's going to take time, right? Because everyone's hope was, and sorry for the long answer, but um, everyone's hope was a V-shaped recovery because that's what we have come to expect for the last decade. The Fed's going to be there <laughs> to backstop it. We're going to buy the dip and it's going to go back up. But here we are. The line is squiggling out to the right now. It's not really going straight up. It's sort of been flatlined for a, a couple of weeks. And the job numbers, as you said, now at 30 million. And the GDP, which I'm not sure you mentioned or not, but was down 4.8%, putting a firm stop to, to six years of, of economic expansion in the in the United States. But that wasn't even really the most important number. Like buried in there was a, a 7.5% reduction in, in consumer spending. And oh, by the way, did you see any of the forecasts for like Q2, right? Like <laughs> negative 30 to negative 40% GDP growth. So um, a lot yet to come, I think. And to, to answer your question, yeah, no, I don't think we go right back up. I think that uh, 2800 is important. Next week will be very interesting. And I, I think it's still the Bulls game to lose or the Bears game to lose. Excuse me. I absolutely agree. And I think that, you know, so somebody online earlier um, this week said it best. They said this is not a B-shaped recovery. It's a central bank V-shaped pump and dump. And do not be surprised if we get some flash crashes here over the next couple of weeks. Um, all is not well, despite um, the administration and Mr. Kudlow's and and, and Ms. Pelosi and everybody else trying to tell you it is. Um, the stock market is not the economy. Um, the bottom line is the U.S. now has more than 1 million COVID-19 cases. Um, global cases total more than 3.2 million. Global deaths, at least 233,704. U.S. deaths at least 63,000, um, up, up to at least 63,000 now. So yes, for, for the cynical people amongst us, those numbers are much, much lower than was predicted by all the models. And that's a good thing. I'm curious now that places like Georgia, places like here in Texas, um, you know, Washington State to an extent, now that we're reopening slowly but surely, what it looks like in three to four weeks. And I think that's really the litmus test, right? Um, I can tell you just by driving here in Austin and, and driving around and just kind of trying to get a feel for whether there's going to be traffic or not. Traffic has already picked up. You talked about it last week in Washington. Um, that, 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 you know, bottom line is you, you were seeing a lot more people as you drive to the office every day. Is that still the case? Oh, it's a hundred percent the case. And so, um, you know, something that's a little bit funny is, and, and I kind of forgot, is that Washington is really two states. And I, I knew that, mm -hmm. but I, kinda, I had kind of forgot until uh, this this whole coronavirus came up, right? Because even as Inslee, the governor here, Governor Inslee was, was announcing orders, you had some sheriffs in, in counties on this side of the Cascade Mountains saying, we're not enforcing that, right? Um, like they do with his gun laws and some other things. And so it's very bifurcated. And so we're getting a partial reopening next week. Um, but we also have, and, and, and props to my wife for actually learning this, is um, a lot of Native American-owned businesses and casinos and things. And so they're able to pull, um, as they are in many other things, whether that's uh, additional uh, hunting license to kill more animals or using techniques to catch salmon that uh, white people aren't allowed to use, um, uh, they can use the Native American heritage to, to get around the rules. And so... Um, you know, the casinos around here are all reopening. Um, they said they're 
you know, they're defying the governor's orders. And along with that, um, it, it's all very interesting, right? It's a bizarre world, Gerardo. The casinos own what else? They have salons and they mm. have pedicure places mm. and they have all this. And so those are all opening back up, right? And, and that's so, just the stuff you can see. <laughs> exactly right. And so, you know, for better or for worse, um, you know, people here are ready to get back to it. And the general sentiment, as I have concluded in Spokane, is that uh, it was relatively insulated as a, a, a small or mid-sized city that's relatively rural. It wasn't, we didn't have a lot of deaths and not even a, a lot of reported infections relatively and people are, are ready to get back to it. So I'm interested to see as you are, I, you know, I, I've given up, well, maybe not given up, but there's so much conflicting data. And we talked about last week, the number of infections. And I think it's really um, it's going to be city by city and it's going to be individual decisions. You're going to have a lot of people who, even when the orders are lifted, aren't going to come back out for a while. And others have been marching for two weeks to get back out. So um, I know that's sort of a non-answer, but like my wife scheduled a pedicure. She's going next week, right? And we'll see. Brave. <laughs> Brave. Um, you touched on the food inflation and I, I just wanted to note it because I think it's important and I think it's something that's going to become uh, more of a mainstream discussion soon. And and, and that being, you know, are, are, are we seeing a, 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 an inflationary trend start with food because of supply chains being compromised? And obviously it's a rhetorical question. Of course we're seeing it, right? We see fresh meat is up by some 8%. Eggs are up by 31%. Not in your house because you have chickens outside that lay those eggs for you. But um, elsewhere, cheese is up by 11% and cow milk is up by 10% um, year on year. So my question, and again, it's a rhetorical one, is will the inflationary pressures that we're seeing in the food supply chain extend to other sectors. And and for the purpose of this podcast, um, you know, we've seen a deflationary trend with oil, which is a major input for a lot of metals producers. Um, how do you how do you reconcile the two of those, right? Like we talked about everyday Americans and everyday people uh being hit with a $1,200 check and liabilities and not being able to go to work and the frustration there. We saw the knuckleheads in Michigan, which have, you know, every right to go to the state Capitol with their assault rifles because that's the law there. They're allowed to do it. Um, it's, it's, it, it was interesting to me that, that they were yelling at the cops and threatening some of the cops. And, you know, these are the same people that were upset when Colin Kaepernick was taking a need to protest, you know, um, police brutality. But that aside, um, do you see what's happening with food extending into other sectors of the real economy? And then let's talk about how that looks in the mining sector with oil inputs, you know, dropping to where they're at right now. 20 bucks a barrel, right? I'll preface it by saying that I, I really don't know. But, um, you know, if you take someone like and let's talk about the definition of inflation for a second, because there's a debate around that. Hmm. Um, you know, Mr. Dines would tell you that inflation is simply a, a, an increase in the money supply, right? And that's been going on for a long time now, right? But we haven't seen that turn into what other people's definition of inflation is. And that's like, you know, rising prices for goods along with more money chasing them. And so um, I think you got to maybe separate those two things a little bit first. So one, you've already got Mr. Dine's inflation. We talked about the liquidity, all the money that the, the Fed's putting out there. And, and that money's going to have to go places um, eventually. It's interesting now that it's going in places that, 
um, are things that people need the most, right? And and of course it is because you've got like demand induced inflation. Like people mm. need food right now. Everybody is going to the uh, grocery store. Uh, more people are buying groceries now than ever, et cetera, coupled with the supply chain issues that you mentioned. Um, the dollars are going into into gold a little bit as well. I mean, if you haven't noticed, gold's at, at $1,700. And the answer to your question is, yes, I think on the other side of this, and that's, you know, I, it's one of the reasons that everyone is so confused, first of all, but also hmm. people like like you and us, right, talking about, um, and when I talk to other people, they say, you know, why, how can gold still be going up when the, the dollar is so strong it, hmm. it's atypical right well eventually the dollar is going to have to reverse course now that's a crystal ball question i'm not able to pick a date and tell you when that is um but you know just as the uh, dusk turns to dawn so does deflation turn to inflation so do bear markets turn to bull markets right and so yeah on the other side of this you know uh, that's things that like peter schiff has been screaming about for years right and so it's going to happen um it's above my pay grade to tell you uh, when and in what order, but um, you know the dollar is not going to be strong forever, uh, and and a lot of it depends on how this plays out. You know, we talk about a monetary reset. Well, I can't tell you like um, what that's going to look like and what the currency baskets are going to look like, etc. So we have to wait and see. Are we still of the opinion <laughs> that the government? Is once again, and the central bank, you know, by de facto, the the government is is bailing out the well off and the corporations before the people, and it and no. and again speaking to the people that were frustrated in Michigan that that want to get back to work, um, you know, the bottom line is I I completely understand the frustration because everybody doesn't have the luxury of working from home and continuing to collect a paycheck. In addition, there's a lot of people like here in Texas where now that we are slowly but surely reopening as of yesterday. Um, if, if you're sick or you don't feel comfortable because you are immunocompromised and you don't want to take the risk of catching COVID-19 or anything else, um, your unemployment, you're, un- you're ineligible for that. And, 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 you know, I, I, I'm not familiar with how exactly all of that works, the intricacies right. of it, but the bottom line is that's a heck of a decision for people to make. Right. Um, meanwhile, our central bank and our government once again is making it absolutely clear, as we said it would, that corporations and lobbyists are front of the line. Oftentimes, they don't even have to get in line, um, and everybody else can wait for their twelve hundred bucks and their PPP loan to get approved. Right? I mean, that couldn't be more clear. The banks were ushering in their biggest clients. We've seen that all play out. Some of them have given the money back. Mnuchin says they're going to be audited. Um, I don't see how that's humanly possible. The IRS is totally understaffed. There's no way they're going to be able to audit um, all those things. And even if they do, right, um, the companies technically didn't do anything wrong. The government said, hey, here's a bunch of money, right? I mean, what are they going to say they did except what the government offered? I mean, there's really no avenue to come back at them. And yeah, it was clear that they were giving it to the large corporations. Um, First, we ran about that. absolutely all the time and for um individuals i think there's another piece here and it's that it's that piece that that certain cohorts want to deny and that's that the unemployment benefits are better than a lot of people's uh, paychecks right and mm, um let's talk about Twitter, that oh that's not real that's not real bullshit that's not real i've had family members hit me up how can i write a letter to my employer saying i'm not ready to come back because my enhanced unemployment benefits are better than what i get there and if i go back to work i'd have to put my kid back in 
uh, daycare and A, I'm not sure if I'm ready to put my kid back in daycare because of the virus and B, then I'd have to pay for daycare um, while making less at work than I would be getting on unemployment. So that's like a very real thing. And so, like you said, I, the first question I asked a family member was like, um, well, what do they do to determine your eligibility for the? I mean, you know, that's exactly what I asked. How are right. they going to quantify if you can come back to work or not? Um and so it's a sticky issue and it's, you know, we've seen some governors in some states, like you said, say you're not eligible to get unemployment benefits. You're eligible. Um, you're basically voluntarily terminating yourself. Right. Um, and that's not necessarily well, not necessarily. I mean, that's not fair considering there's a global pandemic that's still not entirely under control. And so, um, you know, I, I told my family member to. Uh, consult the CDC guidelines and and come up with a letter uh, basically explaining that they felt best um, following these guidelines and and basically construe a scenario that they were only acting within the CDC's recommendations to continue to stay home, right? Um, and and I don't really know beyond that because um, just like the Paycheck Protection Loan um, eligibility and qualifications. There's so much gray area right now that, you know, some of this is going to get litigated and some of it's just going to get, you know, hacked out on the fly. Right. Agreed. Um, you brought up a good point. People that can collect unemployment benefits, um, that exceed what they would make if they went to work. There's two camps. There's not a lot in the middle. There's one camp. And I happen to agree, uh, that says, you know, the laws and, and, and wages have favored corporations, especially those that can scale out the Walmarts and Amazons of the world, um, have favored those corporations and, and are set up for them to take advantage of at the expense of the workers, right? Bottom line, I, that, that, that's my take on it. And I believe that wages are too low. And it was why when this whole stimulus discussion started, I advocated that they send the money straight to the people. Just send it straight to the people. We don't have, we don't need the middleman. We don't need, you know, and I'm not talking the 1200 bucks. I'm talking, you know, the hundreds of billions. Exactly. Exactly. And so there's the other side of the argument, which, you know, I, 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 I respect like in all arguments, if if it's factual and based on something, um, that says, you know, we're incentivizing people not to work. So how's the economy going to recover? Is this one of those fourth turning questions and, and, and situations that we always comment on where, we're just going to look at things different. We're going to look at healthcare and daycare and a, a minimum wage different after this pandemic, which has redefined who's essential and who's not, right? Well, I think you're going to have to. And, you know, one of the things I've been seeing more and more, and um, importantly, men, uh, because, you know, it is what it is. Men are in power in this country. That's just a fact, right? And so, um, one of the things I've been seeing more and more is like value. And we've talked about this on this podcast is assigning a value to that stay at home work. Right. Um, and that could be one component of it because men are clearly seeing now that, um, you know, their wives aren't just sitting at home twiddling their thumbs all day if their wives happen to stay home. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I know something else you put on the list there is, is Justin Amash running for president. Right. And we talked mm. about last week that he might run. You know, I looked up before we recorded when he was born, and you want to take a guess? <laughs> uh, we're going to go early to mid-70s? Uh, he was born in 1980, so ah, okay. um, 
He's technically a Gen a Gen Xer, but um, if he were born in 1982, he would be considered a millennial. And so, if you read the fourth, it makes term all the book, sense. Yep, um, he would really exhibit traits of both those generations. He would exhibit traits of late Gen Xers and early millennials. And so, here you have um, uh, a fourth turning candidate in a fourth turning coming from the the cohort, the generational cohort um, that the the next leaders are supposed to come from. Right now, I'm not saying this guy's gonna. Um, win the presidency, but I am saying I did tell you he was going to run, and I am saying that um, he exhibit exhibits millennial uh, tendencies and worldviews, and I am telling you that um, he bucked his party to to transition out of it, which is certainly a fourth turning theme uh, to go from a Republican to an independent to a libertarian in the past couple of months, and so um, yeah, absolutely, Gerardo. We're gonna we said this when the virus started that we're going to look at things differently, and this is going to be a catalyst for. Um, true change, right? And and piece by piece, uh, I, I think we're really seeing it in real time. It's time for people to speak up and have their voices heard or you will get left behind yet again, everybody. I This is truly, you know, despite the horrific, you know, uh, personal toll on, on families and individuals. And, you know, I, I have a cousin who's a nurse in Chicago and, you know, she's been home for the past week and a half. She, she, she has COVID-19. Luckily she's well, um, you know, fatigued and tired and coughing and, and feeling nauseous, but, but nothing too extreme and seems to be on the mend. But my, 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 my point in saying all of that is, you know, this pandemic that's been so horrible is going to provide and is providing a generational opportunity to redefine how we look at everything. I'm not agreeing with a universal basic income. I'm not agreeing with single payer, single, single payer healthcare. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying yay or nay to any of that. I am saying there should be a discussion where everything is on the table and the people leading the discussion should not be the Trumps or the Bidens or the Pelosi's or the McConnell's, they all have to go. And I am happy, <laughs> happy to know that if I stick around for a few more years, um, I'll hopefully be able to see some of that. Well, you got to make your own meaning. I was talking to somebody about this this week and it's like, um, you know me, I'm agnostic. And so, you know, like religious people, they, they I'm sorry, I'm going to go philosophical for a second, Gerard. They, they look to like a religion to... Uh, provide meaning or they look to a God to provide meaning to their lives. And then I look at the financial markets. It got me thinking about the financial markets. And I was thinking about the don't fight the Fed crowd and the the MMT crowd and the the mint the trillion dollar coin crowd. And I was thinking, you know, they're, 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 they're just like the religious zealots, right? They've made the Fed their God and they look to the they look to the Fed and the government for meaning and, and to create meaning and to give them purpose. And, and I don't know if that's too esoteric or not, but I was thinking that's like the exact opposite of what I believe. I'd rather, uh, you know, create my own meaning and, and create my own value. And it, all that to say that, um, yeah, you got to speak up because if you're not out there um, shouting for what your meaning is, it's going to be these other folks who have externalized things they look to for meaning um, that just let it carry on. I don't know if that if I've said that well or not, but you're going to let them sort of revert to the status quo or allow absolutely externalities to um, continue to, to be their meaning, right? Unless, um, well, you provide your own. Absolutely. And we've now seen whether it was the Bush administration, the, the Obama administration, and now the Trump administration, we have seen um, that the government is set up and the central bank is set up to take care of the wealthiest 
and the better connected corporations amongst us. The people come last. And if if people want that to change, the people are going to have to get out there. So when I see, you know, people on the left poo-pooing the people on the right in Michigan that stormed, you know, the the, the Capitol building um, lawfully, by the way, you know, you could disagree with the approach and you could disagree with 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 um, the, 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 the yelling and the insults and all that. You don't have to like any of that. But, you know, they they, they, they were within within the law as, as it's set up in Michigan. I can see why somebody in California um, would be outraged because in California that would be illegal, right? You would get arrested. Um, not the case in Michigan, but my point in saying that is people are frustrated and rightfully so. And I think it's important for people to get that out in a um, efficient and productive way, but it's going to have to be amplified moving forward because both administ- bo- bo- both sides, both parties have shown you that they don't give a fuck about the average American, and I'm I'm just gonna you know talk the U.S. here. We could we could go Mexico, we can go Europe, and that the whole region there, and and different dynamics, but similar approaches um, and similar results and outcomes. Um, you get, you're gonna have to speak up, people. You're gonna have to organize. You're gonna have to do it in a way that is not partisan. It, it, it's gonna have to be idea based, and it should be factual, regardless of you know your your religious or spiritual or or, or beliefs towards government. Um, this ain't it. This doesn't work. COVID nineteen has exposed that the system as it was structured doesn't work. And we said this last week, let's say it again. You know, COVID-19 isn't the reason that companies are struggling and filing for bankruptcy. And and that's starting now in the retail sector and the oil sector. Those companies weren't built to last more than 30 days. That that, that wasn't it. That wasn't a a system set up for success, right? It was a system that enabled risk takers and people that could take cash, buy their own stock back, sell it, give themselves big fat bonuses, never reinvest in the actual company or infrastructure in a meaningful way. And and here we go, 30 days into a pandemic, 40 days into a pandemic, they're gone. The Neiman Marcuses of the world, J. Crew, um, Chesapeake, for God's sake, right? I mean, these are big names that are just out of here, gone. So this ain't and, and it. There, and there will be more, yeah, and for sure. Absolutely. Um Let's go back to the markets a bit. Is, is is Bitcoin back? I see Bitcoin's flirting with 9,000. Gosh, I was thinking about Bitcoin a little bit <laughs> yesterday. We haven't spoken, to, we haven't spoken in, in, in a few weeks about it, but it, it, it looks healthy. It, it looks healthy. It's, um, you know, it's an it's a anti-establishment proxy, right? Similar to gold. And so um, in that respect, it's going to do well just for the reasons that Golder is doing well and for some of the, the reasons that it did well before, right? Gold's now at, as we said earlier, 1700 bucks. You can't buy a coin less than eighteen or 1900 bucks. And so um, you can buy a fractional Bitcoin. That's the point I've often pointed back to before. Bitcoin's back over 8000 now, but you don't got to go out there and buy a whole Bitcoin. And so um, it allows many more people to buy it. And so uh, that fact alone, I think, is one of the reasons that um, allows you know Bitcoin to to come back the way it's um, come back just the way you know similarly to the these Fang stocks right um, I'm sure you've seen the articles going around in the past week or so about the Robinhood data on <laughs> uh, you know the because you, you get to trade for free so they give away the data and you can see the the stocks that the Robinhood account owners um, own right and it's what is it i mean it's the it's the facebooks and the and the apples and the alphabets and the netflixes and the the tesla dispro- disproportionately um right and so um i i have to make that same argument for um 
Bitcoin. And I haven't looked at any of the other cryptos to, to be sure. I don't know if they're all doing the same thing. Bitcoin is certainly the flagship there, right? Like the, the gold of the cryptocurrency world. And, um, you know, I don't think it, it's going uh, away. I don't think um, it's going to collapse. I don't know if it's going to 10,000, but I can certainly see it as um, a hedge or a, an anti-establishment sort of speculation. Uh, for my money, um, I'll continue to own gold and, and gold stocks at, at this point. And, and, you know, we still have shares of Hydro 66, which is a, a sort of a, a proxy for a Bitcoin prices. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I had to reach out to that company this week because I was reading their MDNA and I was confused about a couple of things as far as, you know, the capacity of the space they were running out. This is a high capacity computing company. You're familiar with Gerardo. They lease data <laughs> center am. space. I and introduced so, it to you. <laughs> right. And so hasn't gone so was, well so far, but uh, it's, it, it's still but, early in the game. Right. And so and they got deep pocketed founders, et cetera, et cetera. But, yep. you know, their rental capacities came off significantly with uh, the crash in Bitcoin prices. And so um, I would just caution that it's much more fickle, right, than um, the gold market is at this point because, um, well, gold's a bigger market. It's a more liquid market. And um, you got the leverage of the stocks, which now have much cheaper inputs because of the oil price, et cetera. And so sorry to take that answer in a lot of ways. But yeah, Bitcoin is real. I think Bitcoin is doing well for the, for the reasons gold is doing well is the answer. Speaking of taking it, a lot of ways. Did you see the Alex Jones clip where he said he would eat his neighbor's I ass? It. I, <laughs> I saw it. And again, hey, no judgments, no judgments. Somebody, uh, somebody on Twitter said eating ass is 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 the new oral sex, right? And again, hey, I don't, I don't knock anybody's personal habits as long as they're consensual and 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 it's all good. But man, I'm glad I'm not his neighbor. You know, he's here in Austin, right? I do know that. And um, <laughs> did you watch the whole clip? Did you get the whole context? I I, I did get the whole context. Um, would you would you care to provide it? Uh, well, he he, <laughs> he wasn't going to eat his neighbor's ass in a, in a sexual connotation. I know it's fun to joke about it that way. <laughs> or vegetables. <laughs> He's talking about eating his neighbors as a form of uh, caloric intake and protein uh, because of the current state of the world, not only eating them, but um, putting them up on the meat hanger with the chain and hoisting them up and gutting them. This man has issues, Gerardo. Anything but a vegetable, right? He took the cucumber <laughs> challenge to a whole new level. <laughs> And he wants the globalists to know he'll eat them too. He he, he said, what, what did he say? His superpower was honesty, is what he said. And so, <laughs> and anytime. I will eat you. <laughs> Anyhow, it made for a good laugh. Um, it's like, raise a pig, bro. <laughs> you know, it's a bizarre world. Um, when the Pentagon declassified three, you know, what looks like UFOs. I mean, all UFOs are are unidentified flying objects, and these definitely were that, right? They declassified a video that I believe uh, the band Blink-182 had used in, in, in a music video before, um, and that actually is kind of funny because they released that last year, and it speaks to government and how inefficient it is, and here we are over a year later, and, and, and you know, That's the right. Department of Defense is declassifying the videos, but they said, look, you know, be absolutely clear. Um, the, this footage was real, is real, and we still have no clue what the heck that was. Um, 
and, he, and, and and that barely made the news. I mean, you didn't even get a reaction out of people, right? If this was the 1980s, if, if this was the 90s, I mean, oh my God, we'd be, you know, every, everybody would, would want to talk to, to the pilots. And I haven't seen an interview with any one of these people. Well, if we had stormed Roswell a couple of months ago, we might have been able to get to the bottom of this. Those chicken shits, you know, didn't get the job done. Um, and the, I got one more joke, and then I'll really answer you. But I, I was also wondering this week if the aliens like came and took Kim Jong Un because we—that's a whole other story. It didn't even make our list this week. Um, did we find him yet? Did the aliens take him? I don't know. Um, we knew about this this footage, like you said, and so. Um, it just made wider rounds, I guess, this week. It's crazy. And um, I don't know what it is, obviously. Is it some Russian or Chinese technology? Who knows? Um, you know, we know the Chinese have laser weapons. The Outsider Club is all over that this month. Um, and so I don't know. My, you know, take a toke from the bong and give you an answer would be um, humans seem to be making deeper and deeper forays into space and more serious plans to colonize um, Mars and the moon. And um, maybe someone doesn't want us infringing on their territory. Maybe not. No, 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 no. Um, You know, we're pretty narcissistic to think that we are the only civilization, you know, that is out there and the only life bearing planet in any meaningful fashion shape way or form right so um do i know (laughs) more than anyone else no just what i read just what's out there but again i wouldn't bet against uh another civilization somewhere you know what someone you know what someone told me this week and and i don't know if it's true i actually haven't looked into it but you'll find it very interesting is the reason that these billionaires and we've actually talked about this on the podcast we talked about who has the billionaires that you know it's like a phallic race right they got it they get the biggest uh, ship yacht and then, then now they got to get the biggest like spaceship right and it's like who can go to space faster bezos or musk or whatever um but somebody told me that the reason like the secret the the clandestine reason that these billionaires really want to go to space is to get the helium <laughs> do you have a helium promo coming out soon <laughs> I might. speaking of elon well actually no before we get to mr musk uh let's talk about the helium why would they want the helium well, they want it for high-tech applications, right? Um, I, I'm not sure if we've talked about helium on the podcast or not. But, I don't believe so. Uh, I got my one-year-old one birthday, one big Mylar balloon for his birthday the other week, and it was like $13 for one balloon, Gerardo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the That's real of, inflation. <laughs> yeah. The price of helium is um, uh, it's out of this world anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it has dun, high-tech dun, dun. applications for... Um, like research and to be used uh, as a pressurizing agent for, um, you know, uh, computer storage equipment and other high tech applications and, and some other stuff, sort of like the, it's like a rare earth feel to it. Right. And actually it's very analogous to, to rare earths because there's a lot of helium, but it's hard to get. And so um, combined with that, the uh, anyway, I don't want to go into the whole helium story, but the U.S. had a reserve and the Congress said that we're going to sell down the reserve and they've not done that. And so we don't have a reserve anymore because the government is so smart and now the prices are through the roof. Um, and so that all these resource companies are out there, you know, like resource companies do. The price of a commodity is going up. They're trying to, to, to find the commodity. Right. And so um, a lot of folks are poking holes down into the earth. But one theory is that these uh, billionaires want to get out of the earth to get this helium. And it actually makes a 
tiny, tiny bit of sense. It certainly makes more sense than mining an asteroid because you can't bring back those metals. They're too heavy. If you've ever looked into transporting something into space, which coincidentally I have, Gerardo, it costs a lot of money. <laughs> it costs a lot of money per pound to get something into space. And so um, did, you, did you build a, did you did you build a spreadsheet? I got to cut in. Did you build a spreadsheet? Uh, I'm sure I did at the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so anyway, if you're looking to bring something back from space, you might start with something that's lighter than air and not like a rock, for example. Anyway, helium in space. I like it. Let's talk about uh, Mr. Elon Musk. Um, he was on one today. I think I, I, I think he was off the meds. Um, and, and, and I don't say that in a demeaning way. You know, it's it's, it's very uh, public information from him that, you know, he he he, he, he has bipolar disorder and, and takes meds for it and eventually you know, like, like most geniuses and brilliant people, whether you like him or not, he's gotten more done in, in his lifetime than, than most people will. Right. Um, but it looked like he was off the meds for a little bit today. He was on one. Um, his girlfriend's mad at him. He's selling everything. He said he no longer has a desire to own a home. Um, and then the one that I'm sure made everyone happy, especially Tesla shareholders was him uh, tweeting that he thought that the, the share price was too high. Um, again, in fairness to him, he had the most to lose um, as, as far as, you know, net dollars go. And obviously his billions, um, people that don't have his billions would disagree because, you know, $20,000 to somebody that has $50,000 means a whole lot more um, than an, a few billion to Elon Musk, right? But um, did you catch any of that, of that Twitter storm, um, if that's what they call it nowadays? I did, but I want your thoughts. You're the one that pointed me to it. I checked it out for a second, um, and then I went and looked at the share price, and the market went ahead and took his advice and <laughs> sold it down 10%. So when your company loses one-tenth of its value because of your tweet, um, you might want to either get back on the meds or stop tweeting or consult your attorney because I've got to imagine, oh, wait. Oh, investigation alert. The Shaw Law Firm announces it is investigating claims against <laughs> Tesla and encourages investors with losses to contact the firm. Other Elon tweets read, now give people back their freedom, which I am sure made people on the right just all sorts of fucking confused, right? Like, do we have to agree with Elon? Um, <laughs> and, and, and then there was rage, rage against the dying of the light of consciousness. Um that you know that <laughs> he he added um Wednesday during the earning call that that shelter in place orders are forcibly imprisoning people in their homes against all their constitutional rights um again i know we have a worldwide pandemic but there's a good case to be made that he's right about that um so no all very entertaining um but yeah i <laughs> i i think i think whatever oversight was put in place the last time he went off his rocker um, needs to be tightened up a little bit if he's going to continue to be the public face and voice of Tesla, the publicly traded company, right? I mean, yeah, it's fun to watch. He's a polarizing figure, um, like him or hate him or, or somewhere in between. Like you say, he's he's gotten a lot done and um, he's probably like everyone else right now coming from a lot of places, right? I mean, um, the, the policies aren't necessarily beneficial to his business, right? And What's the quote? It's hard to get someone to understand something when their paycheck depends on them not understanding it. And so I think that probably holds true even for uh, billionaires to, to some degree, but um, thoroughly entertaining. Agreed. 
Agreed. Let's uh, take it back to a couple of juniors, a couple of uh, notable um, announcements. Well, one notable announcement and then one to come um, this week that, that was announced yesterday. So the first is Milrock. We talked Milrock last week. Um, towards the end of the show, I mentioned that I expected drill results from their massive district scale land package in Alaska, their 64 North Gold Project. Those results were underwhelming to say the least. I will caution it was a portion of a whole, two thirds of one whole um, that, that that came out. But the bottom line is there was smoke. There wasn't any fire there. And, and we're now anticipating the bottom portion of that hole to be assayed here or to be announced within the next couple of weeks. And um, a portion of hole number two, we also expect now for drilling to recommence at the end of this month, this month being May. Um, any thoughts on the release? Obviously, you're a shareholder. I'm a shareholder. Um, co- company I cover. It's one hole. Did you read too much into it? Um, I mean, I have thoughts. I think it was it was talked up a heck of a lot, too. And so there was big expectations going into it. Um I guess they had to release the hole because they talked about it. I might have just kept a lid on it until I had both holes, but um, that's already happened. And so, um, look, the market reacted incorrectly. It, it corrected itself later in the day when the drill hole came out, it bid the, the shares back up. And um, those that know, know, right? I mean, <laughs> it's a $5 million program. That was two thirds of one hole. There's a gold mine literally next door, not a closeology, not... Um, you know, it, it looks similar. Like um, this was, we saw the same style of mineralization mineralization that exists right on the claim border. And, um, you know, we didn't get to drill another hole to vector into where the ore body is. And so uh, still very early. I hope those roads dry out sooner than later. Agreed. I, I, I interviewed um, CEO Greg Beischer last week. I will put a link up to that interview. There was a lot to like from... Uh, the geologist's perspective, you know, I made clear to him, I think, and, and and he was clear, obviously, that you know, people people didn't speculate on Mill Rock for 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 the geologists to get their kicks off the rocks, right? Um, or or to get the rocks off the rocks. Um, and 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 he's absolutely clear. But I thought the interview provided, and and Greg provided good good context on on what the plan is moving forward. And sure, we would have loved to have seen you know some high grade gold right off the bat. But that's uh, usually the exception, not the rule here in the junior resource space. Um, Second company I want to talk about, I think we also mentioned it last week, but Magna Gold. I've been encouraging everybody. I know you wrote a check recently. I've been buying in the open market. I will continue to. I wrote a check once upon a time a while back. Um, Happy shareholder, obviously. Anyhow, Magna Gold will resume trading on Monday, May the 4th. On the Canadian side, it's been trading on the U.S. over-the-counter exchange, on the bulletin board. I encourage everyone to do some due diligence on the San Francisco mine. Reach out to CEO Arturo Bonillas about the gold that is on the pads, um, what they are forecasting as far as production this year. Be very clear, that company, I think, just negotiated one of the, if not the best deals so far this year. I mean, they basically picked up um, a producing mine with all of the infrastructure um, for a song. I mean, there's no other way to put it, but uh, take a look, do some due diligence. I think there's a heck of a lot of runway. I think 
I actually hope it doesn't get re-rated quickly so I can continue to add to my position, but um, I'll speculate and suspect that the people in the know will be buying up shares starting Monday. Any thoughts on the company? I know you're a shareholder. I know you cover it. We're biased. We're not talking about it because we're not, obviously. So I'll put that out there for disclosure for you people out there looking to pay. May the, <laughs> may the fourth be with it. Mm, and then bam, we get Cinco de Mayo on Tuesday, right? That's it. I made the joke last week. I'll make it again. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo falling on a taco Tuesday. Can't wait. It's a bizarre world, Mr. Hodge. The TSA is finding more guns. Now, do you think it's because they have more time or do you think it's because more people are traveling with guns? Um, I think it's because they have more time. And if we slow down and think about it for just one second, the implication is that there was a lot of guns on the planes y'all were flying on before. That's it. Quick and to the point. Uranium, before we get on out of here, uranium is, uh, I see the futures market's just over $34. Um, thoughts there? I mean, it, it continues to run, right? It continues to run. Cameco um, had what would be classified, I think, as like a, a good earnings call this morning, talking about rising spot price um, environment. Um, companies we follow, Sky Harbor was able to uh, basically announce and close a private placement without <laughs> having to solicit too many funds. That wouldn't have happened three months ago in the uranium market. Everybody's um, wallets were like, you know, dead bolted closed. Um, and, and so we've seen the money come out a little bit. We got the nuclear, nuclear fuel working group thing. Um, things looking things looking good for, for uranium. I mean, obviously still interested to see uh, the utility response and, and what the contract market, you know, shapes up to be over, uh, the coming months, but, um, you know, this virus, man, it's, it's had a way of, of, I hate to beat a dead horse, but, you know, bringing things to the, the fore that were just completely out of whack or, or didn't make sense, or that had been, you know, cast in a shadow before, whether that's, you know, uh, the U S having a hundred reactors and not producing any uranium or, um, Hey, you know, maybe we do need our, you know, farmers and, and food processors to get our meat to the table or whatever it is. Um, yeah, uranium is looking strong, um, kicked off by the virus. And um, I think it continues. I think that, you know, that was a spark that was needed to, to get the, the price rolling and um, that will be getting more strength. Agreed. Agreed. Not a lot of names out there. Brutal bear markets like the one we're coming out of in the uranium space have a way <laughs> of getting rid of the, of, of the teams that don't have, uh, you know, the sustainability or the context to continue on. Uh, you could probably count on two Is hands. Is Alaska at still a company? Let me look. <laughs> As I was saying, there's not a lot of companies that, that 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 can survive the kind of brutal bear market we're coming out of. And so, you know, the sky harbors of the world, um, the energy fuels of the world, there's a lot of really good companies out there. Um, the UECs, if, if, if you're looking for a U.S. exposure, um, not a lot of companies left. There are some 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 explorers like Sky Harbor doing some good things. Others out uh, there in the space, you, but um, you, you got to get your money's worth now, as as Rick Rule would say. Because um, uh, here's a little insight: is the the Russell rebalancing happens next next month, and that's sort of like an annual thing for UEC, right? Where um, they can get into the uh, Russell index and then the index, uh, the ETFs have to, to buy when the Russell rebalances. Sorry to cut you off, Gerardo, but that happens uh, next week for UEC. And 
um, because of all the softness in oil, uh, UEC as an NYSE listed mm. small cap company in the U.S. Uh, has the potential to um, get an outsized weighting in the index and that mm. will uh, cause more ETF buying in the following weeks. Anyway, there's your, that's really why you listen to the podcast, right? That's it. That's it. Actionable advice, everyone. Uh, highlighted Milrock, talked Magna. Again, I think Magna, I, I, I hate to crystal ball it, but it's going higher, folks. Um, I can't tell you that's today, tomorrow, next week, next month. It's going a lot higher. And if it doesn't, I'll be buying it until it does. Um, anything else that I left out, Mr. Hodge? Anything you want to add? I know you wanted to talk about Nintendo cutting Animals Crossing rate. Explain that to me. I am not aware. Oh, gosh. This is a perfect story, and it's a perfect <laughs> way to end. So is it um, the mo- is it the most perfect? It's the best. People, do all, I don't know if it is, but people tell me it's the best. Do the finest people tell you this is a perfect story, Nick? I mean, yes. I know you would never say it, but do 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 very very fine people from all sides tell you this? The finest. <laughs> all right, let's have it. So there's a new Nintendo game out called Animal Crossing. I haven't played it, but um, millions and millions and millions of people are. Um, you know, similar to Minecraft or these other, you know, um, lifestyle games or what have you. So in this game, there's a bank um, and you get paid interest on the bells that you put in the bank to get more bells. That's the currency. Of course, you, you spend real dollars to start getting your bells, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, here, once your bells are in the bank, you are earning an interest rate of 0.5% on your bells. So you could go take your bells and buy other stuff like tarantulas and other cool shit in the game. Um, well, some people <laughs> figured out that um, there was a time travel function in the game. And so they could put some bells in the bank, time travel forward, and collect the interest from all the days that had elapsed while they time traveled, right? Um, and so <laughs> Nintendo was not having this. Oh, no, we're not going to compound the interest on our bells this fast. Fuck that. So what did <laughs> there's, Nintendo there's do? There's negative interest rates in Europe, and you want Fuck us to compound yeah. the interest? Yeah, N- not happening. N- Nintendo cut the rate. And so instead of 0.5% interest on your bells, now you only earn 0.05% interest on your bells. And do you know what's happened in Animal Crossing, Nintendo, Gerardo? <laughs> what's happened? <laughs> Give it to me. The, player, <laughs> the players are being forced into other more risky assets. Oh, man. I'm telling you. It's, 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 it's a crazy world out there, everybody. Um, what, do you, what do you got going on for your weekend, Nick? Anything exciting? Uh, we're still planting. I think we're doing beans and, and tomatoes. I got a little... Uh, pond pipe project i gotta do and i I think that's all um i'm gonna watch the kids for a bit let my wife get some free time and uh that sounds like a pretty good weekend how about you good man good man similar you know my my kids are a bit older so they kind of watch themselves for the most part but yeah hanging out some movie action some shows a little swimming in the backyard and uh getting some sunshine and then getting ready for next week which uh I think will be a, a, a volatile one. You know, the, the Dow closing down two and a half percent on a Friday, um, 655 points. Doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies for the overall indices next week. So it'll be interesting to watch and it'll be interesting to see what the dollar, which, 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 you know, fell below the hundred mark, um, what the dollar does next week. It's, uh, Is it's that why int- I was so happy all day? 
I believe so, Nick. Although, as I've said over and over, um, you, you you want a strong dollar here in order for uh, the, the the gold bull market to be real, and uh, it's it's you know it is what it is, right? We'll see how it uh, we'll see how the correlation holds up here over the next twelve months. And like you said earlier, I think the, the the dollar will have its day, but I think that's years away. And I think Europe is the canary in the coal mine. We're going to get to see what happens um, to to the euro before it happens to the dollar. Cleanest dirty shirt in the laundry basket, folks. It's just the way it works, right? That's it. All right. That's all I got. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Hodge. This was episode 68 of Bizarro World. Still don't drink bleach. You can choose to stay home, people. You can choose to go out with a mask. These are choices you have regardless of what your governor or local leaders tell you you can or should do. Use some common sense out there, people, and please be safe. Nick, say goodbye. I will eat your ass. <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. See ya. <laughs>